episode 34 of the Winner's Circle Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Horth, and today we've got a fantastic guest with us, Mark Dunlop from Keyline Realty. Mark uh, achieved his gold badge this year, and uh, he's the first one in his office to do so, and the title of this episode is First to Gold. Thank you very much for, for joining us, episode 34 of the podcast, which we're calling our first to gold. It's it's great to have you here. It's good to be with you, Adam. Mate, uh, very excited uh, to to have you. We, we've known each other, you and I, for, for some time now, but I, I've... I've obviously loved watching your journey, especially over these last 12, 18 months when uh, you've made some changes, which we're going to get ducked into, uh, like we're going to dig into in this episode. But uh, it's, yeah, mate, it's really great to have you have you uh, join us for, for this month's episode. Oh, awesome. Like I said, pleasure to be here. It's an honour to be on this podcast. I appreciate that. I do, mate. Uh, I like to I like to kick off with your real estate stats, just so mm-hmm. those listening um, can can form a bit of a picture. So, um, so where are you? How long have you been in real estate? What's your role in the office? Yeah, yeah, cool. So, for those of the, this is inter- interesting, I'm 31. I started in real estate when I was 15. And so it means I've been in real estate for 16 years. That being said, I've only been a salesperson for like a full-time salesperson, that is, for a year and three months. So in some ways, very long and in some ways, very short. But there's a whole uh, bunch of uh, components that make up that career for sure. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, Where are you based? I'm based here in Nambour on the sunny Sunshine Coast. So um it's kind of like your area, Adam. A bit of it's uh, of, of the switch. It's kind of like the um, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> on, let's scratch this part. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, how do we say this politically correct? No, no. Yeah. It, it, it's it's a mixed bag of properties, isn't it? And it's a bit of the it's the it's the lower sibling of Brisbane. It's one of those sort of areas. Yes, correct. So Nambour, I love it, great town. But um, when you think of the Sunshine Coast, you don't always think of Nambour, but it is the place that we uh, live and work and love. So um, no, it's a great place to be. Tell me about the people who live there. It's a mixed bag. I mean, lots of salt of the earth people, you know, lots of, um, you know, traditionally lots of working class families, the battlers who I really, you know, resonate with and strive for. But, you know, in recent times, obviously with the boom, prices have risen and it's a very much an entry level market for the Sunshine Coast. So lots of gentrification, lots of young professionals moving into the area because, you know, previously I might have moved to the beaches, whereas now they need to move into Nambour. So you're seeing a lot more of a diverse marketplace here in the town. Lots of investors are buying here as well. What's um, what's your average sale price for a house in your area? Yeah, good question. I would say in general, your average is around 650 to 700. And yes. the entry level market is for a house is somewhere between 550 and 600. Fantastic. So that's a like a two or a three bedroom renovated, do some work, get your foot in the market, that sort of property. So that's yeah, setting you back about half a million dollars in your area. Yes, that's right. Which is still and, uh, the Sunshine Coast. 
Sorry, say again. Uh, that's still cheap for the Sunshine Coast. It so. is. It is. No. Um, yeah, I mean, affordable property. That's where, where you're seeing the market is still strongest in around the country is um, in those affordable markets that are that are still close to your capital cities. They're very much, they, t- they tend to be some of our strongest markets across Australia at the moment. So, mm-hmm. and um, Mark, your, your average fee? Average fee, I mean, if it's 600000 um, so we charge just a simple 3% inclusive of GST, like everybody else in the group, no sale, no fee. And so it's about 18000 That's the average fee. Yeah, fantastic. That's great. That's great. So really, really healthy fee we would describe. That definitely anything north 100%. of $15,000 now is a, is a good healthy fee. So um allows you to... Uh, to yeah, put the right investing into your office, get the right returns as a salesperson. So that's great. That's great. Yeah. I um I want to kick off with a couple of things talking about some recent events. Um, most recently was was last week. And Mark, although although you weren't there, we obviously had your principal Andrew, um, second generation owner of Keyline uh, at, at our management seminar in Noosa. So not too far from home for you guys for the management yeah. seminar. And uh, I just, you know, want to let the audience know it was just a an absolutely phenomenal week. I was reflecting on it a couple of days ago. The the variety of of leaders that we had in the room because we had over eighty of our members join us for the management seminar, and which without doubt makes it one of the biggest management seminars, um, you know, probably in. 10 years easily, but perhaps even 15 years. So it was wonderful to, to see that that size. But, you know, we had some of the the best salespeople in the group were in this, in this uh, you know, Adam McMahon comes to mind. He just did a $750,000 just for his quarter, oh, uh, which is incredible. Uh, Sean O'Callaghan uh, was there from one agency in Torquay, a, a great salesperson. Uh, but then you also, oh, Paul Miles, who we're going to talk about later, who just won the quarter, First National King and Heath, uh, a great salesperson as well. But then you had all these, you know, this, this amazing group of leading ladies. We had um, Joanne Vines, Quee Early, Jessica Chia, um, Sue Pierce, and, and a variety of others, but these great women in, in our organisation who are leading and, and developing these, these businesses as well. And then every other leader in between as well, big businesses, small businesses. It was, it was just such a, a, great, a great week to, uh, to really explore running, running an agency. A hundred percent. I mean, I, you know, I had great feedback from our office manager and it was her first time attending it. And, uh, you know, she's relatively new to the role. She actually took on the role that I left. So, you know, and she said, you know, basically gives you everything you need that you would ever want to know about kicking off a real estate business and making it successful. So, I mean, she got that out of that. So I'm sure everyone else did as well. Yeah. Great. No, that's, that's wonderful. It was wonderful. It was great to have her, her in the room. Um, the, the other one, though, and I want to speak to you is um, about, oh, let's, we're almost two months ago now, but we, we go back to Winning Ways of Brisbane, which was the last uh, live event uh, or outside of the workshop that you came to, but three days there. Mark, um, in your, you know, obviously, as you say, 16 years in real estate, but only recently as a salesperson, how, how often have you personally attended a, a Winning Ways seminar? Yeah, great question. I feel like on in one way, Winning Ways has been part of my real estate journey for a long time. But as far as actually attending in person, I think that was my third time. And um, look, without a doubt, it's an incredible system. I mean, I've always resonated with it, even when I wasn't physically attending the seminars, you know, the information would be brought back to the office and disseminated through the, you know, weekly sales meetings. And I was just a home finder at the time, but I still got so much out of that. And I think what I love 
the most about winning ways and it's still the same even though it's a new format in this regard is that you know it builds upon the foundations of personal success what it means to basically be a good human being for one and to a successful human being and i think that's transferable no matter what you're doing and i think that's been helpful to me in so many areas so winning ways love it 100% oh, fantastic Tell me, um, with with the journey that you've been on this year, and obviously that's the basis for for our main conversation. So we won't jump into it too heavily yet. But as a salesperson, um, you know, striving for your gold badge, aiming for your platinum badge, beyond that, what what do you look to take away from from a seminar like that when you go there? What what's your mindset heading into it? Great, great question. I guess I speak from the perspective of someone who's, you know, heard the elements of it for quite a while. So when I come into it, you know, it's not always, um, you know, new information, but I think that's the point. You know, repetition is the master of learning, I think is the quote. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it's the 1% that you get out of it, you know, that, you know, just those little bits and bobs that make you that much better so that when you're in the living room, when you're in a negotiation, when you're out prospecting, it's those things that give you that competitive edge not just, you know, yourself winning business, but also just making you a better person. So I think that's, those are the takeaways I get from winning ways. Wonderful. I'm putting you on the spot here, but does anything come to mind since attending Brisbane that you found yourself going back to the office and and actually implementing one of those one percenters that you think has made a difference? Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I mean, the new title package for the seminar is greatness. And I think in one sense, the essence of that, just what does it mean to be a great salesperson? That's a great way to frame uh, how you go about your business. Um, but even just like a small thing, you know, Trimmy challenges us all to read 10 pages every day. Whilst I can't say I've read it every day, I have been reading it. And I think once again, just getting the bits and bobs, relearning, rehashing, working out, oh, how does this fit in my uh, work day to day? That, that goes a long way as well, for sure. Yeah, fantastic. That's great. That's great. Well, um, that takes us sort of into our first conversation, a nice little segue there, because one of the things you were able to do at at Winning Ways in Brisbane was uh, to receive your gold badge. So uh, a, a big congratulations to you on that. Thank you. So a good segue there is one of the things we're able to do at a Winning Ways seminar is obviously present those members with their their gold, their platinum or their diamond badges. And we're able to do one of each of them at uh, at the Winning Ways in Brisbane. And you were that recipient of, of the gold badge. So on the back of uh, 80 sides and 624,000 in, uh, in gross dollars. So yeah, congratulations to you, mate. A, a phenomenal, phenomenal effort over that 12 month period. Thank you so much. Yeah. Now, Let's let's talk about that because I we wanted to use this episode as well as a bit of a platformer. This is going to become very public knowledge over the over the coming weeks, but we know the size of our audience, especially internally with this podcast. And so we wanted to talk about the fact that there's actually been a been a change to the gold, platinum, diamond, and and also professional, the, the qualifying levels of that. And that, that's something that as smarter training, we've we've assessed and looked at how the market has changed, how fees have changed, transaction numbers, et cetera. And, and we've wanted to make it so that 
you know, high performance is recognised and there are many interpretations of high performance and there's many different levels of high performance that are attainable in, in different areas and a variety of that. So um, we, we've spoken about this, Mark, but just for the, um, before we sort of start having a discussion around it, I'm just going to quickly run through those four levels now and uh, and we can talk about those changes. So professional which we saw as someone bringing in $300,000 a year in in gross, that has now increased to $350,000 in a 12-month period. So essentially what, what we say is joining a real estate office as a salesperson, you remain a rookie salesperson until you hit that professional level. So you bring in in a, in a consecutive 12-month period or less, of course, 350,000 in in gross dollars. And I think that's a level where you can say that you're competent, you're contributing to your team, you're earning a good income, but you can call yourself a professional real estate agent. So that's that that, that first level. And although we don't give a badge out for that, we certainly do do acknowledge that. And and if if you have qualified for professional, reach out to us and we've got a certificate we can send to you for that as well. Um, But gold, so now gold level was, as you know, Five hundred thousand dollars and eighty sides. That that was the qualifier. And so for you, they're doing the six hundred and twenty-four thousand. You had to push yourself to get to that that eighty sides level. So that was that was the challenge for yourself. Um, that has actually changed now to a, an either or qualification. So if you write yourself five hundred thousand in gross dollars in a twelve-month period, or you write eighty sides. In that 12-month period, both of those criterion will, um, so one or the other, will give you the ability to have earned your gold badge. And that's to uh, that's to acknowledge uh, the, the different areas and those higher fee areas and sometimes those lower transactions where, you know, and I, I can think of many an example where um, we had these, some people really high performers within our group, but weren't even recognized as gold level performance. And I think that it's an opportunity to really recognize some of the, the great people in our in our group. So um, that's the change to gold. And obviously to maintain your gold level in any level, you've simply got to repeat uh, that, that same level. So if you earned it on 80 sides, but didn't hit the 500, maintaining that level will have you maintain your gold badge. Platinum is also an either-or status now. So um, $750,000 is now the the qualifier for a platinum badge or 100 sides. So if you you write yourself $750,000 in a 12-month period or you do 100 sides, either of them is going to have you qualify for your platinum badge. And then diamond is a million dollars in gross fees in a consecutive 12-month period irrespective of the amount of sides. So for diamond, Mark, we've got that one that little bit different in that you cannot get to diamond on on sides uh, alone. You you have to get to diamond uh, via dollars. But essentially the way we look at it is if you're bringing in a million dollars in gross dollars in a, in a 12-month period, you are a diamond level performer. And I think that um I think there'd be very few people who disagree with that. So um yeah, so some some changes, some changes to those levels. Yeah. Um, probably, probably just before I get your opinion on it overall, I'll just say if you if you feel that you now qualify for one of those levels that, that you haven't previously 
The judging period for that is being predated back to October 1st of last year. So if you've qualified for gold, platinum, diamond, or even professional since October 1 last year in, a, in any time between then and now in a, in a 12-month period, please do submit um, your application at smartertraining.com.au in the members section, and uh, we'd be delighted to present you with your badge at uh, at the annual convention, which is one of the, the great places for you to be able to receive um, receive your badge. So, Mark, tell me, as as someone who's been in the system a long time, you you've just earned your gold badge yourself. What's what's your takeaway with those new those new levels? Well, look, I think. One, it just makes sense. I mean, obviously things have changed and I think you, once again, it was said at winning ways, you know, good systems still do evolve over time. So I think this is just part of that. But realistically, I think um, that opens the door to so many people, not necessarily because it makes it easier, but it just makes it more accessible um, to get your gold, to get your platinum. Um, you know, that makes a lot of sense to me because, you know, I'd love to see so many more people reach for, you know, what they think is success. So. Absolutely. And and winning ways teaches us that um we we need to work backwards from from what we want to earn in a year and we take that to a um to a gross dollar figure and then and then we set our plan amongst that. And so if someone can can earn what they want to earn right $900,000 in a year, but it only takes them 60, 70 sides to do that, then not only is that person achieving their goals, but they should also be recognized in that particular case as the platinum badge performer that they that they are. 100%, because I mean, that level of business, you know, you're still contributing to the team, you're making your life better. So why shouldn't you be recognized? So I think that's great, Adam. Yeah, wonderful. Excellent. Yeah, I, I just to, to put a, a point on that as well, I, 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 I know, you know, we've got the benefit now of of I get to be across the results month in, month out, and it would amaze people the amount of million-dollar-plus performers in our organisation that, um, you know, only have a gold badge and, and in a few instances um, don't even have that. So it's just an opportunity to really recognise some, some high performance that's within our group, which is exciting. That's awesome. Really, yeah. really cool. Excellent. Well, mate, um. Let's have a look at our results. Speaking of from the uh, from the September quarter, and then we'll uh, we'll duck into our main conversation. Awesome. Let's dive into the month that was September 2023, and we're also going to have a look at the quarter that was as well. But starting as always with salesperson of the month in terms of sides, number three spot Glenn White. Calandra City Realty in Calandra, led by Ben Price. Congratulations, Glenn. 16 sides for you for the month of September. Sensational, mate. Number two position, Ethan Hennessy, Dignam Real Estate in Bulleye, New South Wales, led by Adam McMahon. Ethan, sensational, mate. 18 sides for you for the month. But our number one spot, Paul Miles from First National King and Heath in Bansdale, led by Chris Martin. Paul, you've had a fantastic quarter and yet another fantastic month, an incredible 42 unconditional sides for the month of September. So, mate, a massive, massive congratulations to you. 
A couple of shout outs as well. We've got two people who are, sorry, one person who's made it to the top 20 um, for their first time. And that is Dallas Famuina from Johnson Real Estate in Forest Lake, led by Peter Tran. Dallas, welcome to the top 20, mate. Congratulations on your 13 unconditional sides in September. Brilliant stuff. Now let's look at our top salespeople in terms of dollars. A very consistent top three, so you're going to recognize these names, but yet again, the number three position, Glenn White, Caloundra City Realty in Caloundra, led by Ben Price. Glenn, with his 16 sides, brought in 133422 for the month. Our number two position, Ethan Hennessy, Dignam Real Estate in Bulleye, New South Wales, under Adam McMahon. Ethan, congratulations, mate. $178,732 for September. Yet our number one spot is actually Caroline McAvoy, Caloundra City Realty, led by Ben Price in Caloundra. Caroline, congratulations to you on that number one spot, $220,800 and $35 put you in that position. So really well done to you, Caroline, a, a fantastic month for you. We've got a number of, uh, of first timers in our in our top 23 to be precise. We've got in, in number six position, Marty Norman from uh, Gary Nash and Co, sorry, in Wangaratta, Victoria, led of course by Gary Nash. Marty brought in 117,942 to give her the number six position. Dallas Falmawina, once again, Johnson Real Estate Forest Lake, led by Peter Tran. Dallas got our number eight position with $115,444, which is which is phenomenal. And in our number 20 position, Kathleen Matten-Lassie from Ray White Real Estate in Toronto, led by Paul Wrigley. Kathleen, congratulations to you. $81,595 for the month. A sensational effort and welcome to the top 20. Let's move over to our BDMs and our top three BDMs for the month. Some familiar names here once again. Our number three position, Emily Smart from Hudson Bond in Doncaster, led by Paul Kunis. Emily, 18 new managements brought in by yourself for the month of September. Our number two spot, Monique Inglis from Ironbridge Real Estate in Christchurch, led by Adam Smith. 21 new managements for you for the uh, for the month. Congratulations, Monique. And I say these on occasion, but I, I we love consistency. We love longevity. Monique, this is your 92nd time in the BDM top 10, which is just phenomenal. Congratulations to you. But our number one spot, Hudson Pierce, Page and Pierce in Townsville, Queensland, led by Todd Pierce. Hudson, congratulations to you on a phenomenal 34 new managements brought in for your team for the month of September. Absolutely sensational. Let's have a quick look at our prospectors for the month. Our number three spot, Isaac Kavanagh from Calandra City Realty, led by Ben Price. Isaac was responsible for four of his leads being listed by the team in September. Our number two spot from the same team, Mitchell McHugh, Calandra City Realty, Ben Price. Mitchell also brought in four for the month. And our number one position, Andrew Obst, with five of his leads being listed by the team from First National King and Heath and Bansdale, led by Chris Martin. Andrew, congratulations to you on taking out the number one spot for September. 
Let's quickly to round out our results. Let's look at the quarter as a whole and starting with our top salespeople for the quarter. Our number three position, it's been a while since we've seen this one in the top three and it's great to have him there. Elliot Street from Ironbridge Real Estate in Christchurch led by Adam Smith. Elliot, a fantastic 44 sides being brought in for you for the quarter, giving you that number three position. Well done, mate. Absolutely fantastic. Our number two position, Joshua Schweitzer, Johnson Real Estate in Ipswich, led by myself, Adam Horth. Joshua brought in 55 unconditional sides for the September quarter. Phenomenal work, mate. And our number one spot, unsurprisingly, does go to Paul Miles, First National King in Heath in Bansdale, Victoria, led by Chris Martin. Paul Miles with 94 unconditional sides for the September quarter. Outstanding, Paul. Great work, mate. Congratulations to you. We've got one new addition to the salesperson top 20 for the September quarter, and it shows just how challenging it can be to get into that top 20, especially over the period of a quarter. But it's uh, my pleasure to welcome Taylor Lee Bamberau from Page and Pierce in Townsville, led, of course, by Todd Pierce. Taylor Lee, phenomenal to have you in that top 20, taking out the number 10 position with 31 unconditional sides for the quarter. Massive congratulations to you. Well done. And last but certainly not least, let's look at our salespeople of the quarter in terms of dollars. Our number three position, ever the consistent performer, Trent Cameron, Wallamont and Nuttonmount Martha, now led by Trent Cameron. Congratulations to you, Trent, in taking the leadership role over uh, over this quarter, your last time you'll be in our top 20 as a salesperson. But Trent, it's phenomenal to see you there with 348000 $130 for the quarter. Congratulations to you, mate, on that number three position. Number two, Ethan Hennessy, a phenomenal quarter. Ethan, of course, Dignam Real Estate in Bulleye, New South Wales, led by Adam McMahon. Ethan brought in an impressive $412,706 for the quarter. Yet our number one spot, once again, Joshua Schweitzer, Johnson Real Estate in Ipswich, led by myself, Adam Horth. Josh, congratulations, mate. $467,760 brought in for your quarter, mate. Absolutely well done to you. Uh, you'll hear soon in the interview uh, with Mark as we continue, but um, someone who gets a shout out from Mark and is our only person to grace the top 20 for the first time in terms of her revenue, the, the gross dollars she's brought in. It's Nikki Ellum in our number 13 position from Keyline Realty, led by Andrew Hicks. Nikki, congratulations to you. 228,278 for you for the quarter. Massive congratulations. Well done on everything you're doing and all the best for the remainder of this financial year. Guys, a really uh, incredible quarter. Some great results had from all over the country and in New Zealand. I wish you all the best for the December quarter and let's get back into our conversation with Mark. All right, well, Mark, let's let's talk about you in, in particular. And we've named this episode, as we said, first to gold. And, and the reason we've done that is uh, 
you are the first salesperson at Keyline Realty to have achieved your gold badge, correct? That is correct. Excellent. I was I was hoping it was, otherwise it's a very <laughs> redundant title. Yeah, um, I do rethink that one. <laughs> indeed, it is. So, yeah, second to gold doesn't quite have that ring to it. But um, and we're gonna get to that journey, but I, I think it's interesting to to have a 31-year-old who has been in real estate 16 years. So there's a story there. Let's go back to 15-year-old Mark. How how are you starting in real estate at 15? Yeah, great question. Look, I actually say my real estate journey in some ways begins with my dad. And um, how this comes about is basically once upon a time, he was a farmer, lived out in Chinchilla. And he's a very, if you meet my dad, he's a very kindly guy and he's, you know, happily give his shirt off to, um, to anybody really who needed it. And, you know, he was cleaning up his yard one day, noticed that there was an older lady at the back of his house that needed some help. So he helped her out, thought nothing of it, moved on. As it turns out, that was my first boss, so Andrew's dad, Ron. That was Ron's mother. And wow. so when I fast forward like 20, 25 years, I sit here in this very office at Keyline and I'm, I get sent here for um, year 10 work experience. And, you know, the conversation goes on and Ron, he's like, oh, you're Frank's son, aren't you? I'm like, what? Yeah, 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 I am. And he tells this story of how once upon a time, which dad does not even remember how yes. he helped out this lady. But because of that, I had an instant character reference, which got my foot in the door. All of that to say, just for the person in the back sitting listening to this, you don't know what kind of kind action that you do today that's going to change your children's future tomorrow. Mm. So mm. just keep that in mind because that's pretty much how I got my foot in the door here. So I um, started in as a just an admin trainee. Thought it was just going to be a cool little job that wasn't Maccas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I did that. And, you know, Ron could obviously see that I had a little bit of sales acumen. So he offered me a job in home finding. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought, I suppose, yeah, most people don't think of it casually, but I did. So I just did that as a way to kind of supplement my goals. I think it's, it's worth noting. I actually never thought I was going to be a real estate agent. I, that wasn't, yes. you know, I know plenty of people, you know, come to the system really early on and it's like they're gunning for it. That wasn't me. So I'm a bit of a different story. And Mark, for, for a lot of people, I, I think, um, you know, my journey was only a couple of years ahead of yours. We, I kicked off in 2003. And if my maths is right, we're talking to you kicking off about 2007, 2008, okay. somewhere around there. Yeah. And that's a, it wasn't probably really until um, after the GFC and maybe a couple of years beyond that, that people started to look at real estate as a viable career. It was certainly, it wasn't unheard of for anyone before, like certainly 2005 and earlier, most people did fall into real estate. You know, I remember Gary Pittard at Winning Ways saying, no one ever sits at school and goes, I want to be a real estate agent. But <laughs> in this day and age, it's it's very common. It's yeah. I, I often will, you know, be interviewing for a salesperson and, and I always like to meet younger people. You never know when you're going to meet your next associate or someone who's going to fit in your office. And I'll, I'll mention um, Maya, who works for us. Maya, sorry, Maya has just joined us as, as a receptionist. She's 17 years old, moved up from South Australia, but she knows she's going to be a real estate agent. Yeah. She knows she's not going to be it tomorrow, but she wants to get her foot in the door and she's been, she's been thinking about it for the last four or five years. So it has become far more of a profession, but you're right. Guys like you and me and, and, and women 10, 15, 20 years ago, we were all falling into real estate. That's, that's yeah. how we ended up here. 
That's right. It just happened. And look, honestly, if I was being, if I'm being honest, you know, I looked, you know, as I approached my twenties in my head, I was like, I want to, you know, focus on the things that I'm passionate about. So look, I'm a bit of a multi-potential light kind of guy. So, you know, I'm a music guy, do things um, in church world, all kinds of different things. I never thought real estate was going to be it, but I thought yes. it was a great way to supplement me through all of those times because the way I was set up, I think, I think Josh Schweitzer actually mentioned something similar in his story, but like it was just a great way for me to supplement my income, you know, get a, get some prospects, get it listed, settles, I get a thousand bucks or whatever it is, you know? Yes. So that was great. So I did that for a long time and it got me through uni, got me through, um, you know, a couple of other things that I was pursuing at the time. But as it turns out, it was the basis for a really great kickoff to my sales career. So, Mark, let, let's um, clarify that. So, you're, you're home finding part-time or casually, is that correct? Correct. Did that for 10 years. 10 years. Yeah. Right. Now, yeah. casually define. So, we call, there's a formal name for that now in the system. We're referring to you now as a, you'd be a flexi home finder. Yeah. So, a long, a long time there. What, what hours did you do and how many days a week to, to f- fulfill that role? Yeah. All right. Well, look, I'm going to say this as something not to aspire to. This is <laughs> what I did. You know, I did, you know, about, oh, I'd probably work about 10, 12 hours, maybe a bit more of that a week doing prospecting, mostly calls. Um, and, you know, I'd be able to convert quite a few of those into appointments and, and listings. But that was about it for many years, just many years. hours a week. But as it turns out, you know, you grow your personal marketplace. And I was doing that sometimes even unwittingly. And it just, once again, it changed the game. I'm not saying you need to be doing that for 10 years to be successful in real estate, but that's certainly what's a great springboard for myself. No, I think, I think it's, it's the other side of the coin too, is, is it, it may not be you as the individual to aspire to, but I think leaders and managers listening to this can think, okay, that person who does want to do 15 hours or something a week, you know, you know, whatever, whatever, maybe there is a place for them on my team if, if the results are there. So if you're doing, and I'm just, I'm interested, I love numbers. You know that about me. So you're doing 12, 12 hours, roughly a week. Let's call it that. Mm -hmm. Is that three days a week? Is it two days a week? Is it four days a week? What? And on average, like law of averages will work totally. So whilst I should also say, whilst I was doing that, I was still doing a little bit of admin here and there. So it was very flexible. I was kind yep. of the fill the gaps guy. Yes. Um, but yeah, about that's about right, about 12 to 15 hours, so about two-ish days a week for um, for prospecting generally. And look, you know, this probably could have been better, but I don't think it was too bad for what I was doing. I'd usually convert at least, you know, two to three listings most months, which would give me a consistent settlement, you know, at least at least one a month, which to yeah. me was great. That gave me the cash I needed to pursue what I was pursuing at the time. I'm really liking those numbers there, Mark, because I mean, I, I know 15 hours of work uh, is ballpark figure 150 calls. You're doing that each week, four weeks, you're up to 600 calls and, you, and you're creating, as you say, they're two to three listings. So for every two to 300 calls you're doing, you're you're creating a result for your for your business for your agency for the team, and and you were doing that and it was worth doing that for the office back when I'm assuming your fee would have been somewhere between eight and ten because yeah. back then Queensland was regulated so yeah. it would have been a lot less now at eighteen thousand uh, dollars a a sale 
you know that that's a that's a valuable team member you've got there. If if you find the right person who's prepared to stick at it, that's great. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I definitely paid my way. I wasn't a drain on the business, and I was helpful mm. in every other sense. I guess you could almost say I was a long term sales associate without even knowing. So, absolutely, yeah, yeah. When you reverse engineer it, that's the thing there, and that foundation that you've put there. Okay, all right, wonderful. So. Um, you're, you're doing that whilst you're studying at university, you're, you're very active in your church. You, you, you do music as well. So you're, you're doing all these things. Yes. How did you find yourself going from doing all these things to going, no, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to focus in on real estate here. How, how did that conversation start to form? Great question. Uh, I feel somewhat blessed in this sense that I feel like in my life, I haven't had to push too hard for the next phase forward in my life. So how I guess I became, you know, very much on the real estate track um, in 2020, there was, uh, we had an office manager here and just circumstances happened that she was moving out. And, you know, this is very much at the beginning of COVID. So mm, mm. and. My my approach was like oh, the whole time I've been a fill the gaps kind of guy, and I could see that there was gaps being created left, right, and center. I went and filled those gaps, and Ron, Andrew had started entering the picture at this time, so him and Ron were starting the transition process. Yes, and I could obviously see that you know, in my head I wasn't trying to usurp a position or anything like that, but I might in my head I'm sitting at the front desk typing out anniversary cards or whatever it was that I was doing, and it's like. I need to act managerial because there is no one doing that right now. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a, you know, a conversation I had early on. It's just something, an attitude I took on. So I positioned myself to be in that role in some regards. So when the opportunity came up that that person moved on and the door opened for me to enter that. So I became an office manager at, you know, 28, <laughs> you know, right. So a little bit, once again, unconventional in the beginning of COVID, which turned out instead of being a to- terrible disaster for real estate. <laughs> ended up being a, an absolute gift, yes. Yeah, yeah. So that was brilliant. Um, whilst I was doing that, I was still doing some home finding. I was still actually working at the church two days a week, leading a, a department there. So it was very busy. Mm. And, as, and as my career progressed, Andrew could see that I had some sales acumen. So... Once again, I don't think this is in the system, and I'm not once again not saying someone should aim for this. But I started doing some part-time sales, like because off my own back, just leads I generated, and at first it was just absentees. So you know, I went and dealt with them, talked them on the phone, listed them, sold them, and that for me was kind of the genesis of this because I knew I could prospect, I knew I could convert leads, but then there's the question: Can I do this? Do I have what it takes? Yes, and because this random opportunity opened up to do part-time sales the answer to myself was yes i can do this so transitioning into full-time sales the opportunity you know basically mid last year things are time to finish you know one season of my life time to move into my next season so my 30s and i thought well look if my 20s are pursuing things that i'm passionate about i still like those things i still want to do those things but my 30s is setting myself up setting my family up for you know financial success um this is clearly a way to do it i'm already getting weirdly good results from doing my hybrid of of things what happens if i dedicate myself to full-time sales so andrew was like anytime you want to do this just tell me so we had the conversation and he parachuted me right in and that's how i ended up in full-time sales (laughs) 
Mark, there are there are so many things that that I I love about that. I I really do. I, I think um, I think probably the one thing I'd I'd like to shine a spotlight on there just for the listeners to make sure that they don't miss the lesson that we, that just you just did is you just said you didn't have to push too hard to progress to the next phase of your career. Correct. But re- respectfully. Um, and you started by speaking about your father, and, and so I assume if you if you're talking about your father openly from the outset, that might be where you, that this work ethic comes from. But you you seem to embody the um, the very famous Jim Rohn quote, which I love: "Work harder on yourself than you do on your job." So what what you've done is you've come in in year 10, put your hand up. Hey, I want to work. Now, a lot of kids do that in year 10. A lot of kids don't, they don't want to do that. They don't have that, that mindset of, I want to earn, I want to, I want to start building something. Then obviously someone who is a productive gap filler, because there are many a gap filler. There's many a person who else that offer who is busy, who is not achieving anything. But when you become a productive gap filler, what you're doing there is you're putting ego to the side. You're like, look, if it needs doing, I'll get it done. Like if you need me to prospect, if you need me to write an anniversary, whatever it is, then from there, you see a gap, Andrew, Ron, in their in their transition. Andrew, for those not following, Ron started Keyline Real Estate. His son Andrew has taken over the reins of that office from about 2019, 2020, he became the leader. Mm. You've identified where you could be of value and support to him. You've stepped up in a manager's role. Then you've decided, I'm going to go list and sell some absent owners as well. Like you're doing, you're you're just working. And and I think. That's a perfect example, Mark, for those who understand what we call our culture of success in winning ways, Mm. goals, attitude, learning, opportunity. Mm. Opportunity is deliberately last because it comes after everything else and you're getting the opportunity to be the manager, to go into sales, all these opportunities because you're doing the work beforehand. Mate, I love it. It's it's just, I think there's a a really good lesson for anyone at any age there to, to take away from that. That's awesome. Well, yeah, hopefully someone to something out of my journey. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's great. The other thing there that you say the seasons as well. Um, mm. I like to plug books on uh, on uh, on the podcast, and it was funny. Mm. I was grabbing a book for you, like I was talking to you about a book off off mic, but as I grabbed it, uh, one fell off off my shelf, which was called uh, the Achievement Challenge, I believe. Um, yes. I'm just grabbing it back off the thing. The Achievement Challenge, How to Be a 10 in Business, written by a guy called Don Beveridge. Mm. And I like these older books. So it was is when people were a bit more candid and a bit more black and white, which I think helps. This one specifically was written in 1988. Mm. But he actually, I, have you ever read this book? Have you come across no, that? No, but that's going to be on my to-do list now. On your, well, one of the things you'll immediately resonate with is he gives a map of what you should be doing in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, your 50s. Yeah. And you've unwittingly, you've been following his, like try everything in your 20s, but but pick something and get at it in your 30s because you've got to earn from it in your 40s and you've got to benefit from it in your, in your 50s. So a lot right. of people are, are waiting around for their career and the right things and the stars to align. And no, nah, mate, you just got to get on with it. You got to just get to work. Yeah. You do. Yeah. Love it. Excellent. All right. Um, okay. So let's, you've, you've made the decision, you go into full-time sales. Was it a clean, was it a clean transition as in you and Andrew decided every other responsibility you've had, 
that's now someone else's and you're going into sales. Is that how that conversation took place? Yeah, pretty much. It was a very clean transition and it was a very obvious one in the sense that part of, you know, part of this, I actually got married last July. So mm-hmm. it was a very intentional um, decision between all of the parties that were involved. So my other workplace, key line, um, you know, getting married, all that kind of thing. Basically, as soon as I came back from the honeymoon, it was bang, you're in. I didn't even think it was planned to be that clean, but uh, you know, our next office manager, Trina, she came in. I was given Wonderful. a new desk. I was straight into the role. Wonderful. Yeah. No, I, I there's value in that too. Sometimes in in these when you're in a, a smaller business, a smaller team, when someone steps into a sales role, there can be that unintentional subconscious, if you will, thing go like, Mark, you're now selling, but we still need you to do X, Y, and Z. It's great that Andrew's made that clean cut because we, anyone listening to this is in sales knows that the toll, not the toll that it takes, but the the effort and the energy and and everything that it takes, it's hard to do anything else as well. Mm, But that's exactly right. So it was, it was certainly a credit to Andrew for making a clean transition. Okay. So tell me about, about, what are you, you're on your honeymoon. I mean, there's, there's a million one things going on starting your life as a married man. Obviously you've got this looming career change ahead. What's, mm-hmm. go, what's going through your mind then, Mark? What are you, how are you starting to think differently about the next challenge? Yeah, great question. I, it's a continuation of the question that I was asking myself before, you know, can I do this? Do I have what it takes? The, like I said, the answer was, yes, you do. The question then becomes, what can you do with it? You know, what, you know, what can you give? How can you make this season count? You know, I'm, you know, ideally I'm only married once. Ideally I'm only in this season before kids once. So it's like, this is the prime time for me to just hit the ground running, um, get as much results as possible and really maximize it because you know, as we just said, the four seasons do change, you know, when kids happen, I'm not saying that discounts people getting um, great results because obviously heaps of people in the system do, but that's going to change the dynamics. I've got this sweet spot to make it happen. So let's make it count. That was my attitude going in. Wonderful. Excellent. All right. Well, tell me then about, about how you, how you got to work. Did you, was it about results to begin with? Was it about planning? Was it about belief and affirmations? Like what were some of the things that you're getting yourself ready to go and capitalize on this opportunity? Oh my goodness. Okay. There's actually so many things here. Um, it's kind of, I'm not trying to give myself a free kick out of this, but I should say like, you know, as we mentioned, there was a transition between Ron and Andrew, but there's also a fairly large generational change that happened during COVID. You know, we had some longtime salespeople here, great individuals, and they all, for one reason or another, basically started transitioning out. So yes. when I started coming into sales, um, two of the, there were basically three Titans in the office, two of them had already left. The third one was on his way out, um, not because he wanted to, he had health reasons. So um, it was time for me to pick up the slack. It's like, well, yeah, once, like I said, I got parachuted in. It's almost like you're a soldier. It's pick up your pack, go. You're, the office depends on you. Because you know, we hadn't even hired our next great salesperson. You know, Nikki's joined our office since then, and she's done fantastic in filling the gap too. But it's like, now nah, put your pack on, put your boots on, go list, go sell, look after your clients look after the area because, you know, this is what is required. 
Wonderful. So there's there's a there's a a well of opportunities that comes with that. You've got these established clients that are now not being serviced. You've got orphaned contacts. You've got yes. this wealth of listing opportunities. You've yes. still got to go out and make the calls, make the connections, win the right. business. But there's the the stars are aligning for you, which is which is wonderful. Yes, most definitely. And you know, talking about. I guess goals. I mean, one of the first things. I mean, obviously, you know, I've been listening to this podcast ever since it started, so you know, it's fantastic. Um, I remember, I think it was the conversation with Steve Harris. I'm going to say it was uh, mid last year or something like that, and he was talking to his rookie salesperson, and it's like, you know, well, if you don't have any goals, why just why not just make the first goal, hit a gold badge? That's an obvious one, isn't it? And I thought about that, and that just really resonated with me, you know. Not only because it's something that hasn't been done here before, though we can definitely drill into that in a second, but um, also it's actually doable just for the person who doesn't think it's doable. It is. If you think about it, you know, especially now that 80 sides is one of the criteria, you know, realistically, that's only six to seven sides per month. And if your goal is not to do at least that minimal level of business within your office, the question is then worth asking, what are you doing? And I'm not saying that in a negative or mean way, but. I don't know. I like it. I like the, the brutal honesty of it, Mark. That's great. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It goes back to what Trimmy says, you know, I mean, he says it winning ways. It's, you know, real estate is a terrible way to make 70K. Uh, and realistically, guys, want to if I want to make 70K somewhere, I do it at somewhere with way less stress, you know, way less, you know, work, all that kind of stuff. But it is a fantastic way to make over $200,000. So why not? Why not go for gold? Because I thought as far as goals go, if you hit gold, you're hitting at least 200K plus. That kind of takes care of a lot of other things in its wake. So why not? Why not go for it? Oh, but Mark, I... Geez, that was an excellent answer. <laughs> and I, I just, I, I like, I, I do, I, I appreciate how candid and honest and direct you are about that. I mean, you're not sugarcoating that. Is is that's achievable for anyone who's made it through the recruitment process, who who decides to commit, follow the winning way system, six to seven sides, which is not even a full sale a week. Not even, no one's asking you to do a full sale a week. Less less than that. You do that, and if your fee is in that ballpark of fifteen thousand dollars, your gross fee, your annual income is, as you say, is plus two hundred thousand. It's just, which I, I think that's your point. That's solving a lot of problems. That's that's really that that's for a lot of people. That's changing their life. Hundred percent. It just makes so much sense. I mean, I'm gonna, I'll shout out Nikki. Um, you know, she's doing fantastic, and she had a best quarter last um, last quarter. So Andrew's handing out the bonuses last week. And um, she was she previously worked at a pharmacy and she brought in like 60K gross or something like that um, as, as a bonus. And she was saying to earn that amount, that was previously a year's worth of work. So it's amazing what can be done. So you're in this industry. Why not make the most of it? That's that's phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And tell me, just 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 on on um, and Nikki there, and, and talking about her her month, uh, her quarter. Sorry, so mm-hmm. sixty thousand is her gross bonus. How long has she been in the office for? Is this her second or her third quarter? She's just finished. That would be her second quarter working. She started um, in sales late February, and then yeah, did well first quarter, and then even better the second quarter. So once and again, anyone can do it. 
It, it is, and, and it, it is, it's a reflection and a credit also to the two of you, but also then to to Andrew to, to stand on the shoulders of his father and and develop and and continue that culture and that reputation that Keyline has. So no, that's 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 just that's no, rock and roll to hear, mate. Rock and roll to hear. Um, so. You mentioned Steve Harris before. You've got to set a goal. Why not? Why not make it a gold badge? That is your gold badge. Is your classic extrinsic goal? Like it, it, it just is. Um, for you though, you recognise that if you were to do this, you're going to be the first gold badge in in yes. Keyline's history. Yes. Does that make it also a bit of an intrinsic goal though? That that. Usually. Okay, talk to me about that, please. Okay, so I'm going to say this as a fact, not as a negative statement. You know, obviously, you know, I mentioned we had three Titans here before and, you know, previous salespeople, all fantastic people. And, you know, part of my journey is I learned from osmosis. I was in the room. Like we all sit in a bullpen, which is not always the best way to be productive, but we sit in a bullpen. So I absorb all the conversations and I'm a better person because of them. However, it was whether they just, you know, they had different goals or they just didn't have an appetite for going for gold or platinum or anything like that. It just didn't happen. Mm. So I sit here and I'm thinking, I've, I've got a bit of an underdog in me. I want to hit and break this barrier for myself, for one, but also for the office um, because I want people to know that it can be done and it can be done in Nambour. Um, and, and look, there, there's a concept out there, you know, the, you know, there's two types of limitations that you can put on yourself in the world. There's limitations by design, which is, you know, basically it's your genetic makeup, all that kind of thing. For example, you're probably not going to be a pro basketball player if you're five foot, right? <laughs> well, if you're either you or me, it's not right. a good destiny. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So that's a limitation by design. Um, but limitations by default are the things that you want to crush. You know, they're the things that, you know, when people say to you, oh, it can't be done. No, that's too hard. No, that will never work. No, you don't can't believe what the system says. That's, you know, I tried that and it didn't work. That's limitations by default. I always want to be hesitant to tell anybody they can't do something because they very well may just do it. And mm. that was my attitude with, with going for gold. I wanted to break the ceiling so that, you know, for however long I'm here, I don't know. I never I fell into real estate. I don't know when I'm going to fall out of it. But ne- nevertheless, I want to know that people after me in this job know that it can be done, that success can be done. So that was definitely a big part of it. I I really I really resonate with that um that limitation by design, limitation by default. I think that's um that's just and that, I think that can help keep your personal mind mindset in check as well. Like to make sure is this you know another term for that is this a self imposed limitation? Is that what I'm doing? Yes. Am I am I simply believing? Am I drinking the Kool Aid that it's something that is not fact, but I'm taking it as such? So that's that's great, Mark. It really is. It really yeah. is. It's so, so with with that, do you are you public about that goal? Do you share that with Andrew? Like, is it is it obvious? Are you putting it out to the universe? I'm going to be Keyline's first gold, or do you just knuckle down and go about your business? How do you sort of set yourself up that from the outset? Being how public are you about that ambition? Oh, look, it's a bit of A and a bit of B. Like on one hand, I think if you're serious about a goal. You have to be accountable for it, and sometimes you've got to share it, you know, mm-hmm. to be accountable so that someone knows that you're keen to go for it. So definitely told Andrew, and something that Andrew does really well is he fosters environments. So if, um, if he knows that you're keen to, 
you know, crack a target, crack a goal. He'll do what he can to support you. So why not, you know, Wonderful. get that back from your boss, right? Yes. Um, but it also is just knuckling down and working for it because what good is a goal putting it out there if you can't back it up with actions? So it is It is both. I um, I had, I've actually sent you this little spreadsheet, but from the beginning I thought, well, look, let's crack into it from the very start. Let's see what I can do. Mm. Um, so I tracked every sale, every side, hoping for, you know, 80 or the, the dollar amount. And as I got through the first quarter, I think I hit 20, close to 20 sides or 20 sides. So I thought if I do this another three times, I'll oh, be man. there. Yes, <laughs> yep, right. yep. So, Simple yeah. maths we call that. That's, that, that's right. I, yep, absolutely. So step by step. So, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely all part of going for it. I mean, like, you know, winning ways suggest put goals in front of you. So, you know, I do have a, have a little goals list on front of my desk. Um, just to remind me when, you know, you make that prospecting call and you're a bit over it, just look again at that and that gets you cheat up again. So, that's that's wonderful. I mean, such a great example there of why you should have that in front of them because, Mark, we can't paint this picture that you're getting up every day and and loving every every part of what you do. I mean, you're obviously a man enjoying his career and succeeding at it, but that doesn't mean that every 1% is all, you know, blue skies and happiness. It's it's not what what real estate looks like. No, that's that's correct. And it's probably worth mentioning affirmations here. So I think I can't remember the exact month, but I'm going to say it was like April or May when we did the goals masterclass with Peter. Yes, with that Peter. That was a pretty pivotal point in the sense of like, not because anything was particularly you know bad about the mindset or anything like that, um, but it was great to get an injection of, you know, this is how you should go for your goals and affirmations. So I don't previously that I had not done written affirmations. And I think they're a great way to reframe your mind and to, to believe what is done, you know, kind of crushing those limitations by default. So start doing that. And then I've, I still remember very clearly, I mean, I've actually got this in front of me. This is an affirmation I wrote on this day, but I, I wasn't, it was my day off. It was a Monday and everything, as you say, everything bad happens on a Monday. <laughs> it <There> does. Was, <laughs> on your day off. So of course it does. And I came in to realize that there were four sales that had terminated. So that's a tough day. That is yeah. a tough day. Yeah. So sucker punches. And then there was a listing. They got withdrawn and then they ended up listing with our slimiest competitor. Yeah, no, we'll borrow that, put that on tape. Um, <laughs> our slimiest competitor. And, you know, that was a that was a gut punch. I, that same week I got, uh, I almost had a listing withdrawn because I presented them an offer that I thought was decent. Mm. And, you know, I just had to reframe my mind. So feel free to cut this out if this is too No, much. please. No, go for it, mate, please. So this is something that I have on my um, desk in front of me and it's just like a little manifesto it's called the salesman so this is what I do to remind myself whenever I have a bad day this is what I need to remind myself of who I am and who I'm becoming so it says I Mark Dunlop am a high performer resilient patient and I achieve great results for my clients and myself when my clients listen to my advice they sell they are much better off having me than anyone else sell their house this is my calling to help those who have an ear to hear. I give my best to this profession whilst it is mine to have, and it is a blessing to all of those around me. I am respected by the majority of the town, including my competitors. My hand prospers when it is applied with faith and action. I use wisdom and I'm bold, tenacious, and have a yes spirit. I'm always a professional, always a fighter. I never give up. 
This is Mark Dunlop, and he's one of the finer, smarter agents in the country with my signature. That's phenomenal, mate. Well done. Well done. Um, I, I want to applaud like that. Mate, I, I love I love the fact that that is speaking to you in in your own words and you're you're telling yourself about your future self. You you've identified and you're able to, to articulate to yourself, you know, maybe to use your word from from real estate, but that's obviously what greatness looks like to you. And so to have that affirmation there that you can read and reinforce to yourself, um, that is something that you're doing there that most people would never do, Mark. That that's a that is that one percenter that I'm I'm certain would have got you back to work so many times, got your mindset shifted so many times. And that's that difference maker and that and that momentum carrier for you that's gotten you to where you want to do it. Mate, could, you know, congratulations to you. That's that's it's phenomenal. It's great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, really. Um, um, I'm wrapped we got there in that part of the conversation. I didn't know that was coming <laughs> out. And that was that was great, mate. That was great. Cool. Um if we if we continue to talk about greatness and behaviors of greatness, um, mm-hmm. without trying to sound uh, come across as, as arrogant or or yes. too egotistical, I've certainly got a healthy ego, but uh, yes. without becoming one of the things you asked to do at the end of last year, beginning of this year, um, was to actually come and spend a day with uh, in 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 my office at Johnson Real Estate Ipswich yes. with uh, with my team. So, what what drew you to wanting to do that? Yeah. Okay. So I believe in the principle of, um, you know, you should never be the biggest fish in your pond, right? Or if you are, you should get out of there every now and then, because otherwise you, you hit your ceiling. That's you are all that, you know, your company's all that, you know. Um, and I think when you can get yourself intentionally into, you know, quote unquote, bigger environments, whether that's, you know, bigger in size, bigger in culture, bigger environment, bigger in results, you know, that can really bring some game changing, um, uh, results. You know, I, I, was, I hit you up because I, was, I thought, you know, you guys are obviously one of the top officers in the country and um, I respect you guys. And I thought, well, look, I want to put myself in that room for just a day or half a day, whatever it was, not necessarily because I want to do everything, not every method, but I do believe that, you know, sometimes more is caught than taught. And if I could put myself in that room, get the vibe get um, and just glean off behaviors that people had, I'd walk out being a better agent. And that is certainly what happened. Phenomenal. Excellent. Excellent. You, a lot is learned, uh, learned there. You, I'm just trying to paraphrase what you said or re- repeat what you said. More is caught than taught. Um, l- limitations by design, limitations by default. Mark, you are someone who educates yourself. I can tell you're a reader, you're a listener. You, you've said you listen to this podcast. You talk about winning ways. You educate yourself. This is that something. Is that a is that a key characteristic of greatness in your mind? I think so. Um, not because I came to that conclusion, because someone told me it was, and I believe them. You know. <laughs> Mm. To be a lifelong learner is what helps propel you to success and maintains your success. Um, I think that's part of your attitude as well. If you stop having an attitude to learn, you stop being open and then you naturally become insular and it's all about, you know, what you know. You know, I, I think no matter who you are, no matter how great you are and what a field you are in, 
you have to have an open mind. You have to be willing to have conversations and glean from people who know more from you or who know differently from you. I mean, great example of this, we've got a new home finder in the office. His name's Adrian. And he is an intense fellow, like <laughs> in a good way. Like he chases listings like no tomorrow. And that inspires me. You know, he does things a little bit differently than I thought maybe that I would do. And he's getting results from it. So I'm thinking, look, I have something to learn from him. But I mean, all that being said, of course, yes, I'm a big reader of books, uh, listen to podcasts, particularly around leadership, finance, um, real estate, um, all that kind of thing. Yeah, because I always want to be inputting into me so it naturally flows out because, you know, the better leader, the better salesperson that you are, that's naturally going to be better for your clients uh, that you help. And that's what we're here to do. Obviously, we want to earn great incomes. But at the end of the day, I'm here to help people, you know, that's, 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 the, that's the idea. That's great. That's great. I want to, um, as we as we start to to, to wrap up our, our time together, Mark, I, I really want to focus on um, is some of the, the key things around you as a, as a gold badge performer, and then I want to talk about what's next for you. But um, mm-hmm. being being as you've been around, as you described, and these titans of your office, the, these long established salespeople who didn't achieve gold, whereas you did. Mm-hmm. What are what are some of the key differences you believe just in your office alone that you what are some of those key things that you did differently that they perhaps didn't do? Yeah, yeah. I think it begins with the fundamentals. I think obviously, you know, talk about goals, attitude, learning opportunity. That's probably it. Real realistically, as I kind of mentioned before, I don't think it was their goal. They were older salespeople. Um, and for them, maybe that kind of metric of success was not important to them mm-hmm. so that's part of it i think belief is huge um as we've already talked about a bit belief that it can be done and it's worth doing yes um, I, I don't know if that was as present um there which once again they, they did great you know we we work off their results all the time but that was just not a priority yeah. for them so when it comes to myself that's what i wanted to wanted to do it was the belief that you know it could be done, believe that I want to do it. And that I think it's the best thing for our clients at the end of the day. That's, I mean, that, that, I think that's the goal. The more clients that I can help, the more money I make, but it is about them at the end of the day, you know? I, I often say to my to my team is um is their success is our success. And by their I mean our clients. If if they can succeed, we will succeed by by default, which is which is a great way of keeping that client first mentality in in place. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Mark, um what are what are some of the main parts of winning ways from an action perspective? We've spoken a lot about goals and affirmations. Yeah. What are some of the key actions that you perform, whether they be daily or weekly, that you feel are consistently getting you getting you results? Yeah, well, that's it, of course, because I mean, at the end of the day, you can believe all you want, but unless you actually back it up with action, you're going nowhere. And um, you know, it is everything that you think it is to the person listening to this podcast, you know, major in the majors, get prospecting, you know, do the right things, do the winning actions that lead to results with the right attitude and you will get listings. Um, List right, use the, that's probably a part of something just generational change. The previous generation didn't really embrace the listing kit. Mm -hmm. I think I can say that and they would agree with me. Um, But I do for the most part and that changes the game. It converts um, prospects into listing, which converts into sales. Once again, having the price conversations, um, as you guys say, 
it's your job to bring the news and, you know, give them advice. So they call whether they take it. So I'm not forcing anybody to do anything. I'm just giving them the winning action to do, which leads to a sale. That's it. I feel like that's all you need to do. Obviously, there's little, little bits that enhance that. You know, I do have a daily to-do list. So I, I know I am very much your word is your bond. So if you told someone you're going to go do it, you better do it. Mm-hmm. So and look, we're not superhuman, so we need to write it down. Otherwise, we won't do it. So I have a daily to-do list. Obviously, blockouts of prospecting. I still need to keep getting better at that, to be honest. But making sure your schedule's on point. You know, highlighting your diary. I'm old school like that, but it works. You know what actions you need to take. Look at the board. You know, if your listings are down, get prospecting. If your sales are down, do your ROPs or talk to some buyers. You know, it's straightforward. And I think if you do the actions, you're going to get there. It's um, it's simple, isn't it? But it, it, it's by no means easy. It, it no. it's not like it's it's simple things to do. But yeah, speak like you're picking up the phone and doing forty prospecting calls, having those tough ROP conversations. It can be hard, but they are the. If I take this step, it's going to lead me eventually to this to this outcome. Hundred percent. I think that was one of my favorite quotes from Trimmy last uh, masterclass. Real estate is in essence very simple, but it's very hard. But if you can do the very hard, then you're going to get very rich. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so that's the idea. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, I had a question there that just um has come and gone. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to uh think where we're oh, it was around your prospecting. Yeah. Mark, I'd I'd love I'd love the insight. What what level of prospecting do you do a week uh, in combining your fresh and your your follow-up prospecting? Yeah. Sort of a round number that you would do on a weekly basis. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would say, look, I'm not crazy, unfortunately. I want to, this is something I'm working on. This is something I'm working on. Um, Because like everybody, work happens. There's that reactive part of the job. But on a proactive basis, look, I'm definitely making somewhere between 80 and 100 calls for the most part most weeks. I'd like to be higher because obviously 30 to 40 calls per day is the goal. Um, But most of my prospecting is follow-up prospecting these days. It's probably a bit different because obviously I've had that base of clients that I've been speaking to for 10 years. Mm. So I'm I'm probably a bit different in that that sense. My fresh prospecting prospecting days were long before I was actually a full-time salesperson. But nevertheless, I focus on the follow-up because that's what gets me results. Mark, I, I actually I, I love that answer now, and that might surprise people because that you know we have just not said big numbers there, but I think that really hits home the path that we try and put salespeople on in winning ways is at some stage in your career, ideally the beginning of it, but it's not for everyone. But at some stage, you have to do large amounts of fresh prospecting because when you've built that personal marketplace, and again, a question without notice, but ballpark figure. What number of what level of people would you have in your PMP? Oh, good question. Um, under okay, under my database, I've got thousands of contacts. I think my true PMP would be about let's say a thousand. It is. It is. Yeah. Yep. But okay, and so if if we're ballparking that at a thousand, what what salespeople can take away from that is. If I can get a thousand people who know me, like me, trust me in my service area, mm-hmm. you've then got to be speaking to 80 to 100 of them a week and you're doing gold. And as we're about to talk about platinum level performance yes. as well. So okay. that, yeah, I mean, I think the reality is, Mark, um, you know, they're not big numbers, but they are. You wouldn't want to be in real estate as long as you have and be doing two to 300 a week. You'd be thinking, what am I doing wrong here? So that's a, that's a, I think a really good 
uh, demonstration to listeners that if you can get to that, that your PMP, and we, we talk about it in, in winning ways, your strategy to get to get there, your triple two strategy. If you can get there in two years and two months by adding two people a day to your PMP, you're going to hit your thousand and that's going to give you that volume, that 80 to 100, which are, I would imagine the majority of your conversation, not only a follow-up, but they're also enjoyable conversations. Well, that's right. That's right. You know, people know you. It's not like you're getting the phone slammed on you all the time or anything like that. So, no, it's lovely. I mean, every now and then, a little bit of fresh just to mix it up. But, uh, no, follow-up is is it's, it's a privilege that you get to, I think, so. Wonderful. Well, speaking of that privilege, I mean, in August you were you were given your your gold badge. I, I think you'd been uh, on stage, uh, received your badge off stage, and then within ten minutes you were talking to me about platinum, uh, and that was obviously <laughs> the next the next level for you. Uh, even though I I'd um, been having ideas of having you on the podcast for this episode, I was wrapped to get the uh, the application earlier last week to say that you actually had hit platinum under uh, under the new criteria. So um, you're through seven fifties for the year. So a, a massive congratulations to you, Mark. Absolutely phenomenal work. So we're able to present that to you at uh, at the convention this year. So uh, so really looking forward to that. I'm gonna gonna leave the last word to you on this one, Mark. Um, and it's probably I'm gonna assume it's gonna be a rehashing of something that you've already covered with our time together today. But someone sitting there, they're listening to this. They they're worried about: Am I gonna commit to gold? Am I gonna do it? Whatever, like like commit to that new goal. How would you? What would you say are some of the first steps that people should do to put themselves on the right journey? First steps. It is what we say it is. It's goals. Have a goal and not and a goal that you believe in. You know, do you believe that you can get to gold? Not just because I told you, because Adam told you. Do you believe it? Um, do you have a goal? Do you have the right attitude? Do you, you know, are you coming to work grumpy or are you coming to work, you know, game on? It's ready to go. What's your attitude? Learning, you know, if you're new to this industry, are you learning? all the skills that you need to require? Are you learning about your service area? Are you learning about the nuances of your market? Are you learning how to talk to people? Some people need good EQ lessons, but, you know, are you learning? And that's when the opportunity comes. You get those things right, you will get there because, as we were saying before, it's only six to seven sides per month. If you're not wanting to do that anyway, why are you here? So you might as well get up, go to work, do something you're proud of because they're going to make a difference for yourself, your family, and your clients and your business. So why not go for gold? Just do it. I love it, mate. Mark, on behalf of absolutely everyone listening, this has been one of my favourite episodes, I think, of the podcast. And I say that a lot. I do love this so much. <laughs> but, mate, it's um, an absolute pleasure to deal with you. Um, I really, I know how much the audience will have gotten out of this conversation. So thank you so much for being so generous with your time today. It's, it, we're grateful. It's a pleasure. Good luck, guys. I think you'd have to agree with me there. Just a, a fantastic conversation with Mark. I, I've got to be honest when I say that has, uh, that has blown me away and surpassed any expectations I had of uh, of that interview. That was just um, gold after gold after gold, no pun intended, uh, in, in that interview with Mark. So thank you again, mate, for, for, for your time. But um, if you want to rub shoulders with winners like Mark and you need uh, their help, their assistant to get your result over the line, why don't you call 
the winner's circle hotline. Call the hotline. You got a listing you're struggling with. You keep getting the same objection from your prospecting. Why don't you ring the hotline and see what you can get from it? That number, of course, 1-800-819-762. It's a membership offering exclusive available to members of the winner's circle, but please do call and we can help you uh, break down a result, help you through some objections, do some role plays, get that extra result over the line for you. Joining us on the hotline over the month of October and into November is Greg Cooper from Cooper Newman Real Estate in Victoria, Nick Skopoulos from Nicholas Scott Real Estate also in Victoria, Terry Robinson, Peter Lee's Real Estate in Launceston in Tassie, and of course, Scotty Holland. King and Heath Real Estate in Bansdale, Victoria. So some phenomenal real estate heads there that you can pick up the phone, have a conversation with and help get those extra results over the line. Before we let you go, before we wrap up, we do hope that you, of course, do enjoy the podcast as much as we enjoy producing it for you. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe. Where do you subscribe? Wherever you're listening to it right now. If you're on Apple Podcasts, if you're on Spotify, if you're on Pocket Cast, whatever it is where you're listening, subscribe. And we uh, we release an episode every single month. This is uh, 34, uh, 34 episodes, so we're coming up to three years of doing the podcast and we're absolutely loving it. But um. As we always like to round out the podcast, we want to let you know about what's coming up. And as we get to the end of the year, there's only two more events we want to put on your radar. First and foremost, the Smarter Convention. It's going to be a phenomenal convention this year with a variety of speakers, with a variety of topics. We also get the opportunity to, to showcase to our members the Smarter Suite, the new software technology offering we're bringing to the table for you guys to support your training and your results activities, your tracking, your work as a team. We're bringing that to you at the convention to showcase. We'd love to have you there Monday the 27th through to Wednesday the 29th of October. Um, please do come along. We're in Melbourne. We're in the Sofitel, beautiful venue. Come, stay, have three fantastic days of real estate. But uh, if you are coming to the convention, why would you not then also come to the Australasian Real Estate Awards on the Tuesday night, the 28th, um, a fantastic evening, a black tie event with some of uh, the, the opportunity to reward some of the greatest real estate agents in the country. Um, if you haven't yet and you're wanting to nominate someone for an award, jump on the Smarter Training website, go to the member section, nominate someone who you feel um, should be worthy of an award this year. So that's the Smarter Convention, Monday 27th through 29th of November and the Australasian Awards on the 28th. We look forward to seeing you in person or over the podcast over these last coming months of 2023. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Ooh, oh.